Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Chad Grills. This is the Mission Daily. I'm joined by Ian Faison. And today, we're talking about adversity and recovery. This is part one of a two-part episode. It's part of the larger Find Your Mission series. We're so glad that you joined us. Welcome. What's up, Ian? Nothing much. I'm just uh, pretty appreciative of all of our amazing fans out there. They're same, great. Same here, man. The support and the social shares, the comments, the emails, the texts, it's been really, really inspiring. So thank you so much for listening to the Mission Daily. And if make sure you're subscribed. If you want to leave a rating and review, each one helps us a ton. And yeah, we generally read every single piece of feedback we get. And your feedback is what helps us keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. And just always... Uh hit us up at the mission HQ on, on the Twitters and tell us how we're doing and things that you'd like us to cover in the future. And we'll add it in, add it into the queue. Fun side note, the find your mission series is actually the result of interacting with our audience, our readers over the long, um, I think it's a result of basically like several months of hearing similar themes in terms of what people want to hear, uh, what people want to hear more of. So in this part of the, uh, or this first part of the episode, we're going to go into adversity, how to think about it, how to explore it. Uh, and then in the second part, we're going to go into recovering. So adversity is one thing, but if you're going into adversity after another or one after the another and not getting the adequate recovery, uh, you're obviously going to head off, fall off a cliff and that's not good. And some of these things are like taboos or like tough to talk about. And we were actually talking off air about um, last episode when we had recorded about sleep and how for some reason, this topic is like divisive, which is really dumb. Um, And there's so many taboos about sleep and people like, oh, well, I sleep for this many hours and, you know, kind of like shaming that goes into that. And there's even more shaming that goes into recovery and how you battle adversity and how you respond. The second you really do what you want to do, which might be nothing or going off on your own, I think there's a big tendency that people have to label that as being lazy. And if as you know, a part of vacation, you don't take a, a really active uh, adventure sports type like vacation that goes everywhere on Instagram, there's plenty of folks that uh, assume that you were just being lazy when in actuality, you might have been getting the exact thing you need, which is a recovery from too much stimulus by. And so one of the best ways to recover from too much stimulus is to do nothing um, because adversity is something that takes a lot out of us. And when we see people, you know, face adversity. And this could be with adversity, we're talking about any type of struggle or challenge or attack from an enemy, or maybe you're going through something that's really difficult. Basically Um, like those small traumas that you endure that are not pleasant, but you know are a lot like small muscle tears in that they are building your capacity to handle more weight or a larger challenge in the future. So one of the uh, great higher level quotes on this that is just one of my favorites is that the more challenging or threatening the situation or context to be assimilated and affirmed, the greater the stature of the person who can achieve it. The demon that you can swallow gives you its power and the greater life's pain, the greater life's reply from Joseph Campbell. So that's a uh, a complex but a really powerful quote if we unpack it. You know, it reminds me of the episode of the story podcast that we did with or about Cheryl Sandberg and the seeds of resilience and how, you know, the seeds of resilience are, are planted through these difficult things that you go to. Yeah. um, And there are so many, I, I, 
you know, I don't want to be presumptuous with this, but I suspect that uh, Cheryl's process from recovering from her husband's death was just very difficult to take the time out of her incredibly busy schedule with work as an executive and uh, with kids and everything to process that trauma through writing her book. Um, so that's one way, you know, she explored recovering from a horrible trauma that, you know, she cites anyways as being very, very beneficial for her. And so as we look at in this, the two parts of this episode, as we're talking about adversity, thinking about how we view it gives us a lens of how we can recover from it. Because yeah. if we kind of don't understand and whatever it is, like the sleep, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you, as we've talked about Chad as a, you know, little baby, and so he's not getting a lot of sleep these days. He's going to need to recover from that. And yeah. that's totally fine. Um, people, PTO. Yeah, I know. P- yeah, exactly. PTO. Maybe go on a vacation. Uh, <laughs> maybe get some much needed rest. But there's like a taboo to do that. And people, especially in like the startup world or the business world, or they hard charge for years, for like seven years. Sure. And then after they, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, a great example is like just you bring that up and then there's Assert, there's certain types of folks that say, well, I have three kids, get ready for it. You're not never going to get sleep. It's just going to keep going. It's going to you know keep getting worse and worse. And like, this is something like we already, you basically uh, heard from certain folks. And uh, it's only, again, like most everything in life, it's only true if you believe it, if you don't budget for the, the solution or the alternative or whatever. And then there's been some other uh, parents who are very encouraging and stuff, but you get the point. And so when we think about adversity and trauma, a obviously they're they're horrible things and you don't want to endure too too many or take on things that you can't handle but you definitely want to seek out adversity because if we look from an evolutionary perspective the things that survived all around us are actually the result of post-traumatic growth meaning that um, nature biology uh, complex organisms they all survive and evolve at what's called the edge of chaos so they need to get to the point where there's been trauma in order to spur new type of growth and new types of things. So that type of struggle is going to be guaranteed in life. And the thing that is open though, is um, are we going to be aware of what we're going through? Are we going to think about it? Are we going to recognize when we're at our limit or breaking point and kind of, um, you know, have the, the self love to back away because that is not adversity is something that people will cheer on. And in fact, there are lots of people that will cheer you on until you are way past your breaking point and in fact, break down. And that's not a good thing. And so what we propose is that when you're going through these things that you need something, there's one thing that you need that can be really, really helpful. And that's a coach. Yeah. So this idea of a coach where, you know, um, as Chad says, it could be a code word for therapist. Um, <laughs> but in whether it's business or technology or entrepreneurship or life or whatever, coaches are really important. And some of the most famous people like Steve Jobs, I, I went to a an event with Steve Jobs' um, life coach. No, was it was, it a, it was okay. a different guy. Gotcha. And I forget his name off the top of my head. But anyways, um, he's coached a ton of Silicon Valley executives. And he was sharing some of the, you know, lessons learned through the years, but it's the idea that I think that a lot of people 
just ignore that stuff. The fact that like Tiger Woods has a swing coach and, and he ended up firing a swing coach, which is a whole nother thing that we want to talk about that you need to hire and fire coaches it's as just you like, see fit. Yeah, it's just like sleep. I mean, there's so much uh, just hesitancy I think people have from admitting that they're seeking counsel for something from the outside. But in order to explore adversity in a safe way, having that outside perspective is like, it's the only way to do it safely because you're not as aware of what you're doing as you are if you are say recording your what happened in the day in a journal and how how you're feeling how you're you know coping with everything whatever or if you have a uh, spouse or some someone who's uh, really actively looking out for you and you're talking about things with um but a, a coach is a great reminder to maybe seek someone outside your immediate circle who can provide some professional perspective on where you're at and what's so so vital about that outsider's perspective is that is what's going to keep you from going really, really overboard on the adversity. And that's what um, that outsider perspective is going to help keep you safe in a way where once you get to the breaking point or kind of like the engine red line, they can help you scale it back and um, move back to recovery. So let's finish with um, with some of the stuff that Nassim Taleb talks about. Definitely. So yes. Nassim Taleb wrote a book called Anti-Fragile. And the point of Anti-Fragile was... We have all kinds of different words for things that break down. We have words for adversity. We have things, uh, a word called robust that delineates um, things that are hard to break. But we don't have a word for things that respond favorably to trauma and adversity. So that's why he coined the word anti-fragile. So he says specifically, some things benefit from shocks. They thrive and grow when exposed to volatility, randomness, disorder, and stressors, and love adventure, risk, and uncertainty. Yet in spite of the ubiquity of the phenomena, there is no word for the exact opposite of fragile. Let us call it anti-fragile. So as humans, we are anti-fragile. We've been led to believe that you are a fragile person and you're not capable of too much when the reality is we thrive in situations where randomness and uncertainty are prevalent. That's how we got here. And so it's not something that... um, it's easy to think that you're not hardwired for it, but our ancestors are proof that, in fact, that's all we do. That's we seek out adversity and we conquer it. And in fact, we've yeah conquered literally every adversity on the planet. <laughs> well, it's I mean, look at this most simple things. Think about heartbreak, right? Yeah. Think about your high school, you know, girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever it is that like how much that hurt at the time. And like now it might still hurt a little bit. It might not. But over time, like your body, your mind, you figure out a way to fight through. Yeah. And as we look next episode into the ways that you can fight through that stuff, it's really important to have ways that you can do it yourself and also ways that you can have other people help you. I think that's a great point. And so just to recap too, just uh, three simple ideas to explore adversity and challenges in a, a safer way. So the first one is journaling. Some of the brightest minds throughout history journaled to find out what they were doing. That's why Benjamin Franklin kept his daily journal, basically. So one of the wisest people in the history of the world kept a journal in order to figure out what he was doing. So he wanted to have that extra perspective on, was he making progress? Was he pushing himself, blah, blah, blah. So that's journaling is the first. It's It might be the easiest way to make sure you're not going overboard. Quick aside on Ben Franklin. Yeah. Do you remember the show Cribs? Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever see the one with the Ying Yang twins? 
Yeah. So <laughs> they walk I was, in it. I was debating doing a full like <laughs> attempt at a yin yang uh, yell, oh, yeah. but yeah. yeah, no, I'm, I'm not gonna. I so, only half tried it. Sorry. So they walk into <laughs> they walk into their house and uh, they have a huge, huge portrait of Ben Franklin, and they walk by and he goes. What's up, Franklin Ben? How you been, Franklin? <laughs> oh, damn. That's pretty great. Yeah, no, that's uh, definitely Anyways, clever. So and if Yin Yang's putting Ben Franklin up in their house. Seriously. And I mean, maybe that's an alternative. So if you want to take the, um, if you don't want to journal and spend the time journaling, just get a massive portrait of Franklin to keep Overwatch on. There you go. On what's going on. The second way is um, through an immediate family member, friend, uh, anyone like that who could provide feedback. And then the third, the more fo- uh, formal way is to explore it in a formal way with a coach. Those are some ideas to explore adversity in a safe way. And in part two, we're going to go over how to recover. I love it. See you next time. Yep. Hey listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.